How are you doing, folks? And welcome to another episode of The Green Machine. Nick and Martin here to bring your to bring our squad prediction for next week. Uh, Stephen Kenny's after signing a new contract. Squad announcement incoming. New kiss has just been revealed today from your buddy, uh, Martin. <laughs> and, um, and the first ever under 20 Ireland announcement today as well by Jim Crawford. So plenty to chat about this weekend, something a little bit different. No interviews this weekend, Martin. We, we, we've been a bit lazy this week, but, but we had a good run of them. So we might as well uh, interview each other and <laughs> I suppose, uh, suppose preview the next few weeks because March is becoming uh, a real mainstay for international football. And I yeah, suppose, yeah. I suppose we're, we're, we're excited to see the squad announcement on, on Friday. Yeah, I mean, it's a busy week this week. Um, and it, uh, yeah, the momentum starting now, isn't it? The build up for the um, the, the two friendly games. I'm really looking forward to him, actually. I've I, I seen no today. I think he's been ruled out, Kevin De Bruyne. Um, I'm not sure why, but um, he's not actually eligible to play for Belgium, um, which is a he's, bit disappointing because he's, he's suffering with a CBA, apparently. Right, okay. Yeah, um, I, couldn't, I couldn't be arsed. Yeah, probably. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that's just one thing. I, I mean, it's brilliant that we've got the world-ranked number one coming to Dublin for the centenary game. We're going to have, hopefully, a full house. I mean, a- over 18,000 season tickets have been sold now, which is record-breaking, yeah. I think. That's that's fantastic. I know the FAI are um, dealing with the administration um, that's involved in in that, um, which is quite frustrating for us as sports clubs because we've been waiting for a long time to get these into our account and things. And yeah. they, they don't seem the most organised still, but I, I want to give them a little bit of um, respite on that and bear bear, bear with them. Um, Do you think because, it was unprecedented a bit? Yeah, I think so. But and also they're doing a new system with this Ticketmaster um, who have the full function now. So it's going to be new for everybody. Um, and we'll, we'll probably cover that again in the future podcast because if you it is all like um online now electronic your tickets and things and how you get them and it's not the most simplest for a lot of our fans to be honest um maybe the demographic the older guys and girls who are going to games um seem to struggle a little bit with that but that's the way of the world now isn't it so um that's where where we are um but i think yeah brilliant sales um and you know i know stephen kenny spoke about it in the, the interviews he did re- recently um that you know he's seeing it as a a lot of support behind what they're doing. Um, I think it's quite clever how he's actually working with the media now, which I'll come on to a bit later. But um, yeah, I mean it's exciting times, and um, okay, I don't think we'll sell out fully for Lithuania on Tuesday, but most people with a season ticket will go. Um, and yeah, I think it, it's just good and to see kind of exciting now about football again. It's the whole build up to it now. For these, two, for these few games coming up so um and i think he's been a lot of interesting kind of comments that stephen kenny's made in his press conferences as well on on what his views and plans are for the squad yeah it, it's funny how march comes so quickly doesn't it because it's always between november and march and that's that's always when you're looking towards either the last few seasons anyway it's been looking to the start of a new kind of era or campaign where beforehand it was kind of the midway of qualification yeah. wasn't it but just the way the the international calendar has gone the last few years so it's always an exciting time because there's always a, a feeling of something new and of course Stephen Kenny extending his contract until the end of Euro 2024 um so just to kind of put into context so 
no win in his first 11 games, but only one loss in his last 10 games. So I, I, I think it was always coming. I think it just took a little bit of uh, probably legalities and stuff that had to be kind of eased out before anything was announced. No, no word in the assistant manager yet, which is interesting. Um, yeah, and I, I noticed they didn't really that, mention today about um, that might not be in place before the, the Belgium game. Yeah, so he's obviously taking his time with it. I, I'm really not sure. And, and interestingly, I know that also was covered in the press conference with Jonathan Hill, who was also there, was the fact that they asked about Robbie Keane's contract. Um, yeah. And he was very clever how he dealt with it, I thought, that saying, you know, that he's spoken. To, it's quite, you know, Robbie isn't, I think it's up in the summer anyway, the contract, um, and that he'd agreed with Robbie that he they wouldn't publicly discuss it. So that's basically PR bullshit, isn't it, basically? Because I think it, this is one of the legacy issues um, that I'm surprised it doesn't get more traction on this with the fact that, um, you know, he, Robbie's on the payroll and doing nothing, basically. And even the fact that we're playing, I know we've covered it on a previous podcast, but we're, we've got games. I know Stephen Kenny might not want him involved, but I'd have him up in a box, a corporate box, and have him meeting sponsors and things like that. Um, yeah. if, if that's what his role is, he's the all-time top scorer for Ireland, icon of Irish football, and that's where he should be. They should be getting something from him for that. Um, now we don't know the ins and outs of it, but I think it's just a bit kind of pathetic that oh, we can't discuss it, and it's just going to probably end in the summer. There has to be some role. I mean, look, it's 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 only a couple of months now, but I mean, he was on that kind of UEFA executive panel, wasn't he, during during the Euros and. You kind of think, why can't he go into some kind of technical role, or why can't he go into some kind of scouting role? Because mm. that's the kind of stuff he's been doing on a, you know, on an international stage with UEFA. So yeah, I, you know, I met him. He's, I not, he, he's surely I'm, highly regarded in, in, yeah. in some ways. I know we slag, I know we slag him off, and you know we talk about him, you know, having a kick about with the with the security guys before before Ireland matches and and holding copies on the the training grounds and stuff, but. You know, he he he, do, he, uh, he hardly gets to, to do all that stuff with UEFA if he wasn't good at it. Yeah, I mean, I met him during the Euros and went um, over here in London when he was, and he and he's he's fine. You know, when you meet Robbie, he's, he's fine. But I will, as a footballer, amazing. You know, like I think he's underrated if anything. Um, even when you look back at Sky when they showed the you know the hundred Premier League goal scorers and things like that, um, yeah. the hundred whatever it is they call it. Um, just incredible footballer, you know, and, and we were very lucky to have him. Um, but it's just a shame how this is working out with Robbie and, and kind of legacy stuff on this ridiculous deal, that he, how he got himself in there. Because I think it will taint him and, and even down the line, how our football under this new strategy is going to evolve in the next 5, 10, 15 years. Robbie, I don't know what he's going to do in his career, but... For me, it's always going to be a little bit tainted that, well, he was actually involved with us before and he did nothing. And like, I think that will just get kind of washed out of the history of it, basically, because I could see him being involved in years to come, perhaps, because I think he's such a high-profile name in Irish football. And, you know, and Ray Houghton's been around for years as well on the back of 88. Paul McGrath, I know they looked after him as an ambassador thing, but that's yeah. what I would be looking at doing with some of them icons, basically. They should be involved in that way. Do you reckon he could have come into the, the you know how like um, Lombardo is there with Italy and Viali, you know, they're not there as coaches, they're kind of there as advisors and they're there as extra heads in the Italian setup and 
you know, do you think do you think he might have been suited to something like that? Like ju- just being now, it, it probably wouldn't justify the wage, but it would still be something, um, as opposed to nothing. Like ju- just being around the squad and and being that kind of because you know he's whatever 10, 10 plus years. What is it? Eleven years as an international captain. He was a Premier League captain. He, yeah. he has so much experience, and you know he mightn't be doing the nitty gritty stuff on the on the on the training pitch, maybe to the extent that Anthony Barry was, or maybe that Keith Andrews is doing at the moment. Again, I, I don't necessarily rate Andrews, but something like that, surely. I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, it would, as I said, it wouldn't justify the wage, but something like that 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 could have been lined up, surely. Yeah, I mean, we all saw that during the Euros with Italy and how, you know, the big names, big, like massive names in Italian football. And, and they didn't, they don't seem to have the ego that they're, they're there as part of the team, basically. And the promotion of that. I don't know if we do that very well though in Ireland. Like, it seems to be you're on the money train, basically, if you're involved yeah. in it. You're on the good, you're on a good pay deal. You're, you're in there and you've, you've, you've nicked that little job. And that, that's what's happened here with Robbie, this ridiculous contract he was given. But, you know, so there's no, there's, so there's an ego as well with that, I think. And and I don't think, you know, they're not on massive money, them Italians. They're doing that for the benefit of Italian football. The German model is very good like that, isn't it? You know, you have all these former legends and stuff, even a Bayern Munich. Now, I know they're on money, and I know Ajax do it as well. It's all stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it, but it's, you know the club. You know, you know the the history of it. And and that's what you should have internationally, um, that you're, you're the person coming in there and being part of that. Um, and you're kind of being groomed for the future, but it just seems a bit weird. I think, whatever way, the kind of dyna- dyna- dynamic between Stephen Kenny perhaps not wanting him clear nearly nearby. Because really, let's be honest, 2016, Robbie was only a cheerleader on the sideline, wasn't he? Yeah. He went to the Euros, but he wasn't going to play, um, and that was it, basically. Um, again, though, even thinking back to the 2016 Euros, even Shea Given going, um, sometimes I'm not comfortable with that. Like he wasn't going to play and it, it was a little bit like looking after the boys wasn't it like oh they've got one more tournament in them and they were there maybe, in 2012 maybe, and didn't really I, work out. I don't know I, I also think having those characters around is great because I mean that experience if, if they're not going to play like oh, yeah, you're yeah, going to you're going to have three or four players like the third choice keeper is never going to play but mm. you say given who's played whatever he was playing nearly 20 years he was playing 20 years at that stage wasn't he yeah, he played, yeah. played in the world cup played in the euros and then Robbie you know, Robbie was still an active player. He was still the captain at the end of the day. So I think, yeah, I think sometimes having those guys, those lads around the squad, can give you something. Um, like the Italian model was interesting, just 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 how they brought those kind of lads in. But then sometimes you look at, you look at big management teams, and I mean the Italians was probably a unique kind of example. And you know, naturally they won the Euros, but sometimes it can be a thing of too many chefs, can't it? And I I kind of said off air earlier today in one of the one of the whatsapp groups one of the many whatsapp groups that we're mm-hmm. members of i said if you look at the under 21 squad and we're, we're going to talk about the under 20s probably towards the end of the episode but there's about 15 staff you know backroom staff like they have i think two doctors i think they have two um analysts and they've actually done worse since they've had such a big setup now i don't know like i mean i'm sure they're all Really, I actually know one of the lads. He actually used to coach one of the lads, believe it or not, um, in that backroom team, um, very briefly, like literally for a month, I'd say. But you know, they you'd wonder, is there any benefit to having big teams like that? And and do you think maybe Kenny looked at Keane and said, Well, 
you know, maybe he, he, he brought a certain culture to the Ireland squad that I'm trying to iron out. Not not necessarily a negative one, but maybe not one that, that aligns with Kenny's expectations or Kenny's philosophies. I hate that word philosophy, but yeah, maybe something that, that doesn't align. Or do you think he's, do you think he said to himself, well, I want to get people in here that I trust and that have the same vision as myself and probably have the same tactical awareness as myself. And maybe yeah. he spoke to Robbie and maybe maybe they weren't on the same wavelength or maybe they just had very, very different visions. I don't know. Like, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's yeah I think it, it was a kind of, it was a hangover really from the Mick era, wasn't it? Um, and, um, you know, he was he was brought in under Mick, um, so Robbie. So you, you do want a new clean slate, basically. Um, and also I think the danger is, well, if you're, You've got a very high profile number two. Is that that's what we had with Martin O'Neill? Like, you know, it was ridiculous if you think about it that Roy yeah. Keane was often put up for the press conferences. Um, and it was all about Roy, Roy Keane and what he was saying and who he was falling out with. I think you'd have had that with Robbie as well. Um, it would have been a difficult position for him if he'd been dragged down in front of the press. And, you know, we hadn't scored a lot of goals early yeah. on. And if he's saying, oh, don't you wish you were there, Robbie? And as well, I think when the the lads, the strikers were struggling as well. Um, probably wouldn't be easy to have Robbie around if he's like notorious, isn't he? Joining training and still got it. <laughs> and, and you know, it's probably not going to help them in a, in a way, like a perverse kind of way. And you think, we all think, oh, it's brilliant. You're learning from the best. But actually, it can probably be a hindrance as well. Maybe. Like the only, the only role, I mean, I know I said maybe, how, I said the cheerleader role in a way, but... If you look at the England national team and they have um Jesus, what's his name? Um God, his name's gone out of my head. Uh, the Scottish lad, is it Johnston? He was like the striker coach. Russell. Um something Russell. God, I can't remember yeah. his name. Um I'll actually look it up really quickly. <laughs> Bear with me. Um Alan Russell, I think. Right. It is yeah, Alan Russell. So Alan Russell. He was kind of like the not the set piece coach, but he was like the striker coach, the finishing coach. Um, so he was there to kind of improve the probability of goals getting scored through positional coaching and that kind of thing through set yeah. pieces and through where the striker should be in the box, where the midfielder should be arriving into all that kind of stuff. So I know it's a very, very specialist role. And I mean, didn't we have Steve Guppy doing something very similar under Martin O'Neill? But you think something like that might have been a role for for Robbie, but it's 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 come and gone. I mean, it's only yeah. a couple of months now till the till the contract goes. So, yeah, interesting, interesting. But um, you know, sad state of affairs, really, the way that's ended up. So, we'll move on to something more positive: the squad prediction itself. And we did ask people to get a few comments in just to just to let us know what you think. So, what we'll do is we'll probably take it position by position, and just just a few comments that I have here, just a few bits and pieces. So. Some of the names people are looking for, um, Sean Rafferty here, I think he's a buddy of yours, Martin, isn't he? So Jack Byrne, Michael Obafemi, Jimmy Dunn, Daryl Lenehan. So I think maybe with the exception of Byrne, um, maybe I'm being a bit biased now because <laughs> Sean Grovers have eaten bows. I can't, I'm not there because I've COVID, so <laughs> otherwise I'd be there, unfortunately. Um, this is Friday night we're recording just for anyone that's listening back. Uh, Connor Roan and Brandon Walsh has said here. Chris Raptor also saying Jack Byrne. The first name every game. Our second chance to have a young Wes Houlihan. And a couple of more people here. Stephen Kavanagh looking for Jimmy Dunn, Michael Obafemi, and Festi Obazele. Um, and then just a couple of people. Uh, one, one person here looking for Cameron Brannigan, who plays for Oxford United. I actually don't think he qualifies Ken Gorry here. 
He's saying he's now going to the Northern Irish international team, but I haven't heard anything about that. I, I am aware of him. He used to play for, for Liverpool, didn't he? But yeah. no no kind of words on him at the moment. Um, I think the best thing to do, Martin, is to take it position by position. I mean, Stephen Kenny did speak briefly um, in his press conference about some of the players. He spoke to, I think it was off the ball. He spoke, or it was, yeah, it was off the ball he spoke to, and he kind of said, like Fessy Abazelli probably isn't going to be in the squad. He said Michael Obafemi is getting games. He didn't really give much away that he said he possibility he could be in the squad. But one thing he did remark on was the goalkeeping situation and, and how positive things are. So, I mean, it, it is going to be the three lads, isn't it? Gavin Bazuna, Quiven Kelleher, Mark Travers. I don't think there's there, there's anyone else going to get a look in in these couple of games. Yeah, I, I mean, this is it, one thing I think I took from this. I mean, it's brilliant. Like, thanks to everyone for your interaction and, and giving feedback of who you think you'd like to be in a squad. Um, but Kenny's kind of kind of trying to halt us all in our tracks here. Um, yeah. He's already said we're not looking to overly experiment anymore. I think that's quite a kind of interesting thing that he's come out with. Um, you know, he's, he's I'm quoting him now, you know, we know what we have and there's a great connection between the experienced players in the squad who are brilliant role models and the younger players who've come in. There's a great spirit in the squad. You can feel it growing. I think we're going to get better again. Brilliant does to he, hear. Does but, he need to keep the net as wide as possible, though, because I mean, if if you look at the last whatever seven or eight months since our, you know, since since September when we started improving, and mm. since the sea, sorry, since the domestic season started as well, like you players like Connor Ronan, who's probably taken Jamie or overtaken Jamie McGrath in terms of form, and now Jamie, Jamie McGrath, to be fair to him, has had injuries. You've got Bessie of his LA who is, he is playing in the, in the championship, but he's possibly overtaking Seamus Coleman, maybe not in the squad. Um, I mean, Seamus Coleman's obviously going to be in the squad, but 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 maybe as a starter. So there's all these little bits and pieces that, that he surely has to consider, doesn't he? Because you, you can't just close things off. Like, I mean, Trapatoni did that, didn't he? And Brian Kerr did that. Like, they, they, they made it a closed shop. And then there's all these players getting excluded. Like, my big fear... Is that I mean, like we're we're gonna go position by position, but my big fear with his comments there is that we're not gonna see Obafemi when he's in form. We're not gonna see Connor Ronan when he's in excellent form as well. And is there gonna be a favoritism, kind of yeah. like Travatoni? Like, I mean, if you if you look at if you look at the likes of Alan Brown, who has done nothing in an Ireland shirt, I think he scored in Belgrade, didn't he? And apart yeah. from that, he runs around like a headless chicken, like. Is it going to be a thing where he keeps selecting the likes of Alan Brown? Now, Jamie McGrath thinks an excellent player, but he's not play- he, he hasn't played in a couple of months. I think he got his first game in about a month against Sutton, you know, and he ended up losing. So is it a thing where there's going to be favoritism and, and we have this, we have these calls for these players who are in form and then these lads who are, you know, frustrating, I suppose, Ronan Curtis is another example and, and, and Brown, like these lads getting into the squad again, even though, they might be doing well domestically, but when they're playing for Ireland, they're they're well below par and they're they're getting they're getting completely undone, undone physically and they're getting completely undone in terms of being a different level for them. Yeah, I, I think a couple of couple of things for me to say on it is, is I think he's he, he's been he's actually said he's, he wants to be kind of loyal. Basically, how I've read that, but we've had a conversation a couple of weeks ago as well, and I was talking about Ronan Curtis in particular. I was saying. He's not one I don't think we can rely on for future. Like We've had a look at him now. I think he's at that level. He's not good enough. I think he's just been quite clever here and and, and saying about um, talking about like what we've come through, basically, and how he has had to experiment. I mean, he I know he's... I love the fact that he talks about uh, we've, we've, you know, fast-track players. We brought in 15 players or whatever it was. 
and he has done that. I think he's just kind of reassuring people that um, he want, he's got a more of a settled squad in his mind. I think I don't think he will rule out anyone like so. Obafemi, I, I would think he will be in the squad, but just because Alameda's out, so I think he he's naturally for me comes in. Um, and, and like we're saying, Conor Ronan and also, uh, you know, Jay McGrath, again, I think some of them plads like Ronan Curtis, I wouldn't expect him to be in it because I think we he's probably seen enough of him now. And I don't think he's one for the future. I think there'll be quite a core of players in his squad, which will be very similar, I think, to when we played in Luxembourg. The, the striking thing for me on this is, though, he, this, this it's all about these, these two games. He's got two key games in March now that, that which is just to get that team settled because when it matters is in June and he has already put his kind of name on it, hasn't he, that our aim is to win the Nations League because it's yeah. a backup to a thing. So that this is, I I don't think he's going to be too experimental with this um, too much because we have got a bit of momentum. Luxembourg away, fantastic result. Here, here's the thing, because if we lose to Belgium, then you have to be Lithuania. And if he's in that position, which is quite likely, I mean, they're, they're, they're the best team in the world at the moment. Mm. Belgium. Well, well, ranking wise, they're maybe yeah. not necessarily um, the best team in the world per se, but in terms of the rankings, they're, they're considered the best. And if we lose them, you're going into Lithuania. Now, Lithuania, I think, have won one game in the last 18 months. So I think we've, uh, we've a half decent shape, but there's going to be pressure on him because all the naysayers who said, why are you extending his contract? they're all going to be like, well, we need to win. And all of a sudden we've lost momentum again. So he, he will feel that pressure. But I, I think now when I say he needs to cast the net wide open, there's not exactly, you know, 20 players who are kind of queuing up to get in. Is there like that core group seemed to be very good. Like there, there's a few lads you might think should have dropped out because maybe they're not for him. But, yeah, you know, if he excludes Ronan and if he excludes Obafemi, you know, favoritism hasn't worked for us in the past. I mean, look, no, look at Martin, yeah. look at, look at Martin O'Neill with his favoritism. Look at look at Giovanni Travatoni with his favoritism, and it just meant that talented players were left out, and talented players missed out on years and years of appearances for Ireland and, and maybe making an impact. So that's my fear with the comments. But having said that, he's he's he tends to go back on a lot of things he says. He does, we, yeah. We, I mean, we, we, yeah. We, which is in a good way. I don't mean that in a bad way. You know, some of the mm. stuff can be hypocritical, but for the most part, it's it's kind of playing clever to the media in a way, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I was looking at it. So basically, the match day squad, the 23 for Luxembourg, out of, I'm not going to obviously read all the names, but you've got Odell is in that. Now he's not going to be in it. Uh, Omar Bamadeli's injured and Adam Eder. So that's three straight away who are out of that. So that brings it down to 20. Yeah. And then, and so, and again, like you said, Jamie McGrath maybe won't be in it because um, he's not been playing enough. Um but I think re- the rest of them probably are all going to be there. You know, I think and that's our core group. So then it's, it's who you bring in. So I, actually, I think it would be worth reading out this one. Right, so Bazunu, yeah. Travers, Bazunu, Travers and Kelleher, the goalkeepers. Yeah. Seamus, uh, Ender Stevens, Shane Duffy, John well, let's, Egan. Well, 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 let's, well, let's start with the keepers first, Marvel. We'll yeah, go yeah. back to the keepers. So, I mean, yeah. there, there's all these arguments. I mean, I, I might just give my view on it and then see what you think. But I mean... <laughs> There's all these arguments, people saying, well, surely Queeven Keller is overtaking Gavin Mizunu. And if you look at the three lads in there, now I'd be sticking with Mizuno based on the fact that, first of all, 
why would you change your keeper when, when he's had great momentum for Ireland? And the other reason is he's playing every week, of course. But out of the three lads, you've Mark Travers, who has whatever, 12 clean sheets this season, um, is a four-man of the match awards, hmm. playing at a slightly higher level than Bazuno. Now, Bazuno is going to end up, I think, achieving more than Mark Travers. But on logic, Kelleher's probably third choice. Like, he's, he's not playing. Like, he, I know he got the, the winning goal, and it was great for the profile yeah. and all that kind of thing in, in, in the League Cup and... You know, he's part of that Liverpool squad, but on, on logic and on 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 kind of um I suppose on on I suppose making good decisions and and in terms of uh sorry I got I I've lost my train of thought here because I'm watching a match here in the background. <laughs> but I mean but I mean Travers Travers and Bizuno are probably first and second. I don't think it's I don't think Kelleher actually comes into the equation as a starter. He's he, he has to play one of the games, Martin, doesn't he? But but I think yeah, I, I, I think, think I think Bizuno and Travers are ahead of him. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think it was it was start Bazunu against Belgium, may possibly bring on Kelleher, and then I think he'll do the same against Lithuania, but but between Travers and Kelleher, that's what I would do. Yeah, I think that's that's quite sensible, and you're playing all three of them, giving them all match experience in front of the home crowd. Um, you're rewarding what they their fine form. Um, but I think you do set out straight away um, that Bazuni is your number one, and he is for me. Um, and and it's, not crit- it's, not, it's, it's not criticism of Kelleher. It's just it's just no, the logic. no, no, no. Yeah, it's a logic behind. He it. got in there. Yeah, he got in there and got a got a shirt, and he's not done anything wrong for me. And again, I think even the back of the Luxembourg game, you know, an incredible save he made. Um, yeah. And and you know, he he's the number one. It's interesting him talking about them because obviously, and, and again, shows brilliantly for their profile that the press are asking about the goalkeepers and he's explaining things. Um, so yeah, that's, that's where we are with the three goalkeepers. And I would expect, I, I think there's an opportunity to give them caps there, all of them. And and he should do that. Yeah. And the interesting thing as well, like the, some of the last few squads, there has been a fourth goalkeeper. Now, James Talbot, uh, the Bowes keeper has been in there a little bit. But I mean, if you look at Jack Bonham, he's playing for Stoke City at the moment. You look at Max O'Leary, Bristol City, like they, they could come in as a fourth. Now, they might be named and they might necessarily actually travel, but hmm. they could be on standby because, you know, I mean, you never you never know what happens with goalkeepers. Either, so it'll be interesting to, to see how that goes. But yeah, I mean, I'd say it's not criticism of Kelleher, but but all these people getting very carried away and saying, oh, it should be, should be Irish number one. And then, Said you put it into context, Bizunu has done nothing wrong. He, yeah. He's currently the number one and he's playing every week. And the same can be said for Travers. Travers is, is you know, he's, a, um, a lot of people are calling for Kelleher only because he's more high profile than Bizunu. Yeah. They don't even, uh, you could probably ask some people who is actually, who is the goalkeeper for, um, they're probably amazed that Kelleher doesn't play because they know that he's a Liverpool goalkeeper. They probably don't know who Bizunu yeah. is. So they're thinking, oh, what? what? And you, you've got that guy and he plays for Liverpool and he doesn't play for Ireland. Uh, God, who, who's your goalkeeper then? It, it probably is that. It's just because the profile of him was so high after the cup final. So, because I've had conversations like, with people Kelle, like that. Kelleher, yeah. Kelleher will come in. He'd be he'd be phenomenal. But yeah, yeah. But there's there's no logic to changing him. No. You know, it's just just something to think about. So moving on to the defenders, and Martin, um, and if we were to base it off the last squad, I mean, a lot of very familiar names. Um, just to go through the last squad that that played against Portugal and Luxembourg. So Seamus Coleman, Matt Doherty. Shane Duffy, Enda Stevens, John Egan, Andrew Omabamadele, Ryan Manning, Nathan Collins. Um, actually, just while I'm on it, I do have a comment. This isn't a live show, by the way. We just got comments kind of in, in, in advance. But um, do have a comment here looking for... Um, 
Oh, it's gone now. Jeez, I'm very, very slow today. I have a match on in the background. I'm sick. <laughs> uh, Nigel Jones, sorry, it's Nigel Jones saying we need Michael Obabemi, Cyrus Christie, and Ryan Manning. So just while I have Ryan Manning there. And um, of course, Nathan Collins was the last defender. And then some of the guys in the periphery who were kind of back from injury. Uh, Cyrus Christie's one. Daryl Shea is available as well. And then so, some of the guys who kind of featured in, in the last few months or so. So Daryl Lennon. Kieran Clark, I don't think that's going to happen. Leo Connor, um, Liam Scales as well. So, Omobama is out. I mean, you have to think that Coleman, Duffy, Doherty, Egan, Collins, they're, they're all going to be in there, aren't they? You think so? I think the interesting thing would be Seamus, if he comes in as obviously captain, I think he'd probably start against Belgium, probably not yeah. against Lithuania, but again on the load. And also you've got to think what's happening at his club level because they're struggling massively. Um, and he's not been fantastic either. So, um, What about Jimmy Dunn? Yeah, I mean, this is, this is ridiculous. He, he, he's got to be in it. I mean, he, he is in such great form uh, for QPR. Now, a good friend of uh, the podcast and Rhys London, uh, Declan Finnegan, goes QPR home and away. He, I was chatting to him about the, the, the squad the other night and his view um, was very much that he would like to see Jimmy Dunn and Lenehan um, play against Lithuania, basically. Yeah. It was, it was a clever view, actually. You know, he was saying really that... I think this is kind of a perspective of kind of match going fans who would be patient. And I know you spoke earlier and said, you know, there was, there'd be pressure if they lose to Belgium and then we have to beat Lithuania. Um, but like Kenny should hopefully feel quite assured now that he's signed a contract. Everyone's behind him. We can see the progress. Now that doesn't mean that you get a free go against Lithuania, but he could really um, pick two squads here in a way. And, play two different teams completely in both of these games just to give match time and, and have a look at like Jimmy Dunn, have a look at Lenehan. I think yeah. Lenehan especially is like really, um, I think deserved it. He's been in great form. Um, he's been on the periphery of squads before and I think he's just matured a little bit now as a player. Um, uh, know, uh, he's, two he's of them playing in a, two yeah. of them playing in a back three as well, Martin. I mean, Le- Lenehan kind of operates on the right of a three. Jimmy Dunn plays through the middle. And like yeah. if you look at it, you have Omar Bamadele's gone. Darrow Shea, he might be in the squad, but I mean he's only back, and you'd be surprised if West Brom let him go, you know, for a couple of friendlies because he's still kind of rehabbing. So there are two spots up for grabs essentially, you know, in, in the squad. And you know Nathan Collins isn't playing, but now he's been phenomenal whenever he's played. He was excellent against Chelsea there last week. I know they got thumped, but he was he's probably one of the best players for Burnley and then Ryan Manning as well has been been really really good for for Swansea as the Cyrus Chrissy. I mean Cyrus Chrissy could, could, could come back into it. Um but no Fessy Abazelli that that's a bit disappointing. Just a few comments here um on that. So um it just says why please got this is from John Feely uh, on Facebook. So why please don't say Horgan um instead he's not good enough. <laughs> yeah. Um Sammy McCarthy we need to get this lad a senior cap ASAP um, and Paul Kennedy, so he's faster than our fastest player, has been playing great, but won't make the squad, and Parikyo, they want to be careful, Nigeria don't, uh, doesn't beckon. I don't, look, he's, he's going to play for Ireland, I don't think it's a question of him switching to Nigeria, but he's probably going to be one of the, the key defenders of note that's going to be absent. I mean, he's, he's still very raw, I mean, if you watch him for Derby, and even if you watch a few, few clips of him, he's extremely raw, and I think mm. people do need to give 
need to give this lad a bit of time to develop. You know, he's he's um excellent player. He's full of pace, but but his his end product and stuff. There's a lot of stuff that he needs to work on before he can he can play senior international football. I think. Yeah, but that I mean that's that's and that's the whole reason you do have an under twenty one squad, and it's not unusual either. Like people have to be a bit patient with this. Like get him in the under twenty ones, call him up from that if you have to. You know that that's it. You know it's not. It's not damaging him going off with the under twenty ones with like that age group. You know, he can go there, have the experience. That's what they've been working on now with all these other, you know, training camps where we've been calling up like under eighteens and stuff and doing, you know, English English based training camps. We've done a yeah. lot of stuff like that. So that's just all things happening in the background. And I don't think it's kind of damaging to him calling him up for the under twenty ones and mentioning mm. that now. It's also taking the pressure off him because if if he's if he'd come and said, oh yeah, oh yeah, definitely calling him up for the next thing. The hype now, they want to be looking at him now in the next few weeks, and you don't know how that's going to impact on him. On him, I mean, he could easily be in that squad. You, we don't know what we're doing with Kenny. You know, he comes out with stuff and can contradict it. The next, I, I, kind of I, thing. I think before before the calendar year is out. Uh, we'll see him Ebisele, in that Yeah, yeah. is going to get a senior cap, I think. But but he is raw. Like I think a lot yeah. of people have to have to chill with uh, Ebisele. I mean, he's very raw. Like as I said, extremely pacey, but but not very technically sound just yet. Like he and it, it'll come. Like it will come. But I mean, you have to put into context what he's playing in at the moment. Like he's in a relegation battle with Derby. Like Which he's I just think... he's just told to put the head down and run, isn't he? And that's my point again. Before, when we spoke about Obafemi, that he was like that. Remember, I, I often used to say he's just like a striker, uh, yeah. like a sprinter. Yeah. And now he's actually been the technical aspects of it. So they do have to develop. They've got that raw speed and that kind of thing happening. But it's then the next step. Can they actually do it football-wise? And, and are they playing? And, you know, knowing the game, really. You know, he's going to learn, hopefully, with with playing with better players as in these camps as well. I mean, another one, like you, I know you said about Darryl O'Shea, I'd expect him to be called up. Now, I wouldn't expect him to play, but I think the, the nice thing about Ireland as a country and is we've always had people into camps to train even if they're not yeah. part of the match day squad like we, it's, it's to show you're actually part of the kind of movement in a way so i think i would expect that to happen with our O'Shea, and i think that's important even though i'm about i don't know where he is with his kind of rehab um adamida as well i don't know even though or i don't know where he is with his injuries but um you know i mean there's a there's a lot of opportunities for for some of these who are you know to, to kind of state their claim in a way if they can get into the squad train with the team um, there's, there's a possibility of getting a cap against Lithuania, basically. For likes of yeah. Jimmy Dunn, especially, and, and Lenehan. I think Dunn and Lenehan have to be in there. And as I said, it's because Omobanadele's out and, you know, Shea mightn't travel at all. So there, there's a couple of spots up for grabs. A couple of left-backs as well, like Joel Bagans in, in great form at Cardiff. Like, uh, I watched him in the 21s um, against wasn't Sweden, Jesus, the Italy match. I thought he was a bit light or something, but he's been excellent for Cardiff. Like, he's three goals, I think, in the last five games. He's two or three assists. You know, he's, again, he's going to qualify for under-21s for an exit while, but Liam Scales is another. We got a bit of stick on Twitter about Liam Scales, and we, 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 <laughs> said, we, said, we said he was fantastic when apparently he's he's not, but he's, um, you know, he, he, play, he plays in a problem position, and you know, I think we made that argument that he's adjusted to to the SBL. Now, people give out about the SBL, but if you're playing League of Ireland from March onwards and you haven't really had a pre-season and you can just slot in 
like I think he's played about 20 games since the summer. And that's a couple of those games are for Rovers. Um, I think only about five of them. So he, he hasn't played that much for Celtic. But any time he's played, he's looked fine. Like he's very composed. He's a very relaxed player. And now he was awful now in the in the, the Europa League a couple of weeks ago. But like he's one that could come in because, I mean, he can play in the left-hand side of a back three. And, and Stephen Kenny could probably do with that because, you know, you've got more balance if, if you have a left footer there and he can also play left wing back. Big problem position for us. Like Ryan Manning has struggled there a little bit, even though he's having a great season for Swansea. So, you know, he's someone he's someone who could come in. And Kenny likes him. Ken, Kenny's name-checked him, has name-checked Scales since he got into the Ireland setup at under-21 level. And Scales mm. is playing, you know, second division um, League of Ireland football. So... I can see him coming in. I can I can see him coming in just because he covers a couple of positions. Yeah, again, yeah, I, I agree with you completely. And and, and the, the key thing I think you said there was the, the, this fact that he was brought in from League of Ireland. That pre-season thing's massive. It, it is for a player. You know, how you kind of integrate yourself into the squads of the team you've joined. It's always been a thing with League of Ireland players coming over, even when you think back to the lads who went to Preston and things. They're kind of they hadn't really had a break and they, they struggled a little bit sometimes. And it was a little bit like, um, kind of very experimental, wasn't it? To buy them because it was it, some of them, some of them, it just didn't work out. And some of them, it did. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's a massive factor on it. Yeah, I think so. So just, um, moving on to the midfielders and just, uh, Patrick here on Twitter, uh, calling for Zach Elbizetti to be included. A couple of people actually calling for Zach Elbizetti to be included. And he's someone who's kind of gone off the grid simply because the, the Swedish season was over, wasn't it? I mm. think that's the only reason. As I said, like Sean Rafferty asking for Jack Byrne. Chris Raptor there on Facebook as well asking for Jack Byrne. Um, so yeah, Jack Byrne is the big one who's coming in um, for, for, for a few calls there. Of course, he, he's come back very well. He back surgery, didn't he? Um, last yeah. year, so he's he's come back. So just to go through the midfielders that were in the squad for the last set of internationals. So James McLean, I know he played left back, but he's listed here as a defense or as a midfielder. Uh, Jeff Hendrick, Connor Harrahan, Callum O'Dowda, Daryl Horgan, Josh Cullen, Alan Brown, Jason Knight, Jamie McGrath, Chidozi Benny, and Jack Taylor came in as a late draft, and then just a couple of players that were on the periphery and kind of had to pull out through injury. Uh, Jason Malumbi, uh, Harry Arter <laughs> as well. <laughs> Um, and Connor Coventry had played in the March fi- or had come into the squad in the March fixtures against Qatar in, in the first game we played them in. So out of all them, Martin, I mean, you have to look at it like McLean is going to be in there form of yeah. his life, even if he's operating at a, at a lower level. He's doing really, really well. Um, Hendrick, he's getting game time for QPR. He's going to be in there. Harrahan getting game time for Sheffield United. O'Dowd is injured. Daryl Horgan's kind of in and out of the, the Wickham squad. I think he's been out of the... I don't know if he's injured, but he's, he's definitely been out of the squad a while. Josh Cullen, no-brainer. Alan Brown in really good form for Preston. But again, I've, I've a few reservations there. Jason Knight is going to be there. Uh, Jamie McGrath, those Eric Benny. Both playing in League One, but they're, they're, they're both going to be in there as well. What do you make of the Elbazetti calls there? Because... You know, his season's only started. He's going to be a little bit rawer than the other lads, but he's he's a different option. Great beef, very technically good. Could definitely yeah. give us something different. Yeah, he's definitely worth having a look at. Um, and like I said, I think possibility of getting a call up here um, because it might not happen for him in June then. You know, like yeah. he's, he's got to kind of have a... I'd like to see him because there's been a lot of calls for him. Um, and it is that like clever kind of player we're in short supply of in a way. I know there's a lot of people obviously as well calling for Jack Byrne and stuff. Um, but 
yeah, we we've got to. There is I, there is a. I, I, can, I can't see Byrne coming in. I just I just can't no no see I it. can't even know. And I, but I know there'll be calls then for it. But, but that kind of player who can kind of do something unusual um, in that kind of hole, for example, I think that that's you you can kind of afford to have someone like that in the squad to kind of unpick the lock in a way. Um, so I think it, it'd be interesting to have a look at him. I think there would be Albazetti definitely. Um, but it, you know, going back to the point that you know he he has said he's going to trust, and he, he there won't be lots and lots of changes now. We've already mentioned the people who are out, so there is an opportunity for people to get in on the back of other people being injured. Um, yeah. So that is there, you know. Yeah, Brandon Walsh asking for Connor Ronan. Yeah, like I mean, he's he's been excellent. I mean, he's scoring in every second game. He's getting man the match in nearly every second game as well. Like he he completely overtook Jamie McGrath this season. Now yeah. McGrath, now, now McGrath, yeah. now, now maybe I'm being very harsh here, but he had his injury issues, didn't he? But I mean, his all round play, like he's he's much technically better than McGrath. Um, a little bit smaller, but but so was Wes Hulahan, wasn't he? But he he looks like the ready-made replacement for Wes Hulahan that we, that we probably could have called on mm. a lot earlier if, if, if he wasn't injured. But Kenny really likes him. Kenny name-checked him in December. He yeah. actually name-checked a few players. So he name-checked Danny McNamara, Millwall. He name-checked Marcus Harness of Portsmouth. Um, Connor Ronan, of course, St. Mirren. So there's a few lads that he has name-checked and he said, he said could come in. I think another player as well, I don't, I don't want to dwell too much in the defenders, but Sean McLaughlin as well, Martin, plays for whole. Like all the center halves we have, um, he's another guy who's who's done really well. Like and and perhaps uh, I know this was kind of kind of said to us yesterday, but you know perhaps ahead of scales. I mean, he's a left-footed defender and doing very well for Hull. So there is there is quite a bit of depth there. But you know, it's uh, I mean coming back to the midfielders, as I said, you have you know Hendrick and Heron who are on loan. Like they are getting game time, they have to be in there. Josh Cullen, probably one of the best midfielders in Belgium at the moment. But another player, I think, and he's been in and out of the West Brom squad. But Jason Malumbi, I watched him a couple of weeks ago. I think it was it was actually against Swansea, because um, I was I was actually watching the other three lads, the other three Irish lads, over Femi Manning and um, and Christie, who's done very well himself. Actually, Christie, he, he's in a bit of form. But, but Malumbi looked good. Like he just kind of showed that. When he gets a bit of game time and when he gets a bit of consistency of minutes, he's a very tidy footballer and a very energetic footballer. Like the 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 ability he has to move the ball off the pitch from very deep. Like he makes serious yards and I've always found him very sloppy, but he was he was excellent against Swansea. Like he's he's he he is gonna be in that squad, isn't he, Malumbi? Yeah, I think he will be. I mean he has played him as well. I think he, he does like him. Um and he is getting it right of, you know, fading out some of the older players but I mean like Jeff does Jeff Hendrick does offer something for us now I think he's actually been rejuvenated under Kenny that you know he's, he can be quite positive and playing them balls forward and yeah. you look back to the Robinson goal against Qatar I think it was in the blue shirt um he made that because it was a he was he was looking for a forward pass and Robinson pointing to him where he wants it and he's able to deliver it he's always had that in him Hendrick a little bit later now in his career for Ireland that he's actually been allowed to do it. So I'd expect him to be in there anyway. Um, and, and yeah, Cullen, I mean, he's the first one on the starting lineup for me in, in, in the midfield. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, we like you, you just mentioned a lot of players there and we're blessed actually. And I think there's an opportunity then in these games where it can be a bit, ex, ex, can be experimental. And 
the other thing I think about how there's been such a lot of changes with this Kenny ball, basically, to how we're playing. And they, they had that camp in June, didn't they? Um, yeah. And I think that's quite important as well, that how he can develop their what they're actually working on and focusing on, like uh, in their training and the sessions they're putting on, is that you haven't got someone coming in completely new and they, they're coming, you've got to go through it all again. That must be quite frustrating in a way. Now, I know these footballers are used to having that information thrown at them and understanding it and technically, tactically and technically they'll understand that probably better than myself for example but because they used to dealing with it every day but that that's so important i think if you've seen people in sessions in them camps where they've got it and they, they know exactly what you want to do and if you wrote you know if he switches from three at the back to maybe four and what's the next thing um you know i think that's that's very important for the kind of harmony of the squad and when he brings people into it that day it's not massive changes just for experimental sake if you bring five or six players in that's that could be quite unsettling for what he's actually been working on and developing over the time um so that's why i think he does like jason knight and and jamie mcgraw and stuff because they're familiar with it and what he's been actually saying to them um like i'll never forget like luxembourg when jason knight was brilliant and he's pushing him over at the end of the fans because he was just so amazed with how well he'd done and he was like making sure that jason knight got the plaudits of the fans it must be quite uh, nice for a coach to see things they work on coming off, basically. Yeah, and I d- even on McGrath and Nice, like if you look at the way Stephen Kenny's trying to play, it's it's very much a modern international yeah. team, isn't it? Because like in- international football isn't swashbuckling, like it's, it's it's not like Premier League where it's a hundred miles per hour. Maybe at the very very top it is, but for the most part, it's it's very patient, it's very slow, it's like a game of chess, yeah. and. I don't remember who it was was saying was it Richard Dunn was saying well it's very easy to pass the ball around and if it's going backwards it's not very purposeful but but that is international football a lot of it is just knocking it around very patiently and and you know very slowly and if you look at the likes of McGrath if you look at the likes of Knight like they they're very good at that like McGrath's just very comfortable they sometimes he he struggles to get into good positions but for the most part when he's in possession he's he he has the head up he's very calm he's very collected and you know, someone like Ronan, he is a quicker player, which I think is a positive thing because you need, you need quick players in the final third, don't you? Yeah. He can play. Kenny likes to play with two number tens behind the striker, doesn't he? And, and Ronan's been doing that for St. Mirren. So it could be a, it could be a thing where you have Ronan, um, maybe someone like Ronan and and Robinson, or even if Robinson's going to go up top instead of Ida, you might have McGrath, Ronan, and Robinson. So it's it'll be interesting to see, but. You have like, to like like Ron, Ronan has to be in there though. He has to be. I, I think so. Yeah, I, I do think so. I think um, what what I thought was really interesting yesterday with this, and and what, why I'm kind of excited, and I think you know Kenny, I know we've come through like COVID and lockdown games and behind closed doors and stuff. I think he is quite quietly kind of confident now that he's kind of established in the role and he's been rewarded, and I think he. He knows he's got the backing of the fans, the core fans, I'd say. And also he's got, um, you know, we are, I think he's quite confident that we're kind of patient, that we've seen things evolve. Like this is a whole change of our footballing kind of philosophy. I know we don't like the word, but that's the fact of it. Um, I think as well, testament to to Kenny's kind of confidence in himself and what he's doing is, um, you know, and sometimes you could, 
procedures to be a weakness is you know like you're always trying to justify what you're doing and you know he's not been brilliant in press conferences in the past has he because i've been quite critical of that of he's just too honest he doesn't shut him down but i actually love it's so refreshing because i'm interested in it football from a tactical point of view and his thinking and things like that the game has evolved basically that that's it um from like martin o'neill's management where he will cut off tony o'donoghue because he thinks why should I have to explain anything to you about this? And you don't know what you're on about. But I, think, I, suppose... I, I, I haven't haven't said that though, Martin. I I think uh, I'm all for like the, the likes of yourself and myself. Like we coach teams, and I think hearing all that technical stuff is is fine. But I also think it's a bit of and I don't want to be overcritical of Stephen Kenny, like in terms of his interviewing and so on. But I almost feel like he's trying to overcompensate by getting so technical, like almost trying to prove that he's up for the job. Like we know he's up for the job, but I think a lot of that is him just trying to, trying to show the public that he's tactically aware. And and you don't necessarily need that because, you know, the the vast majority of fans will, will want to hear it because they want to hear the tactics and they want to hear the breakdown. But but for a lot of people, they just want to hear the, the usual shite, don't they? But, you know, he, he, he doesn't need to prove anyone it doesn't need to prove anything to anyone really he he doesn't know i mean it's interesting he chooses to do that because I, I think it was quite brave of him yesterday to like again it's him showing his hand isn't it you know he brought in all the journalists yesterday in in abbotstown into and gave him a presentation on kind of tactical things and things he'd been in, trying to improve and it the kind of reaction from the journalists is is quite interesting. I've read a few of them, like Dan, Dan McDonald and, and uh, Gavin Cooney, and they thought it was interesting that he did it. Now, I think he'd wanted to do that before, but again, you know, I I I, I, I like I that. But then I think, why is he got? He doesn't have to do I, that. But I, I don't see that. I don't, interesting. I don't see the right now. You know, you know, I love Kenny, but I don't. I don't yeah. see the rationale in it. You know, I don't, I don't see the rationale because Bielsa did it, didn't he, with with Leeds? Yeah. Um, not that long yeah, ago. Is that but... like a modern? Do you think he's trying to be like a modern coach? Like, I, I, is he trying I, to do a little I bit? I honestly of a bad think thing? it's. I think it's an overcompensation thing, and he doesn't yeah. need to. I mean, you can yeah. you can see it on the pitch. You can see it on the pitch that that the that things have changed, and you can like I think they released a few clips of the some of the training drills. Like I think it was yeah. his first his first training session. And you could see how good it was. Like you could see how complex it was and how sophisticated it was. I now I could be completely off the mark, but I, I don't I, I feel like it's him trying to justify to the media and trying to justify to the public that he's tactically very, very good. Aware, and, yeah. and and he's trying to showcase that. But but I, I don't think now it's fine for some people, like I said, the likes of you and me, Martin, we 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 laugh that stuff up and we like it. And a lot of the journalists, I'm sure that they they would have needed that themselves because it informs their writing, doesn't it? But I, I don't see it the does, but that can, that's going to bite him. That's going to come back sadly. I think his intentions of it are to kind of, kind of probably show like it, it is a PR move because it's they're only going to show the positive things, they're only going to show the good things that do work, they're not going to show being you know ripped apart by England and stuff. And that, and that was something I think from that. that that exercise yesterday um, was that he was very frustrated with the performance of Wembley on the, and and again using technical phrases like low block. Now for most football fans, you know they're not going to understand what that means. Um, I, th- I think it's an but, overused. But again, I think it's an yeah, overused it's term just, that low yeah, block and, yeah. and then press and all that kind of rubbish. Um, but most football fans, even who go to Ireland games, they they're not technically minded i wouldn't think on on the you know they want to see ireland having a go and you know we've got people who 
expect Ireland to play like Barcelona. That, yeah. uh, you know, that, that's, that's a fact of it. If you look back at, oh, we're absolutely pure shite, they can't do this, they can't do that. You know, there's a reason Barcelona at that time were, you know, they were unique. They, Guardiola's football was is unique how he did it. Um, and and you can't put every team. Then you know they try to try to copy it. You know that that's a well known thing. That, you know, it was was the, the Armenia that we played a few years ago. And the the coach uh, didn't you have Mkhitaryan and he had loads of really really good young players, but. He kind of said, well, I want my team to play like a hybrid of Barcelona and Arsenal. And and they did. They actually yeah. did. You know, but but I think with Kenny, what we needed for years, like you could see for a long time, there was no structure. Um, Martin O'Neill, first of all, there was an imbalance. And I still think there is a little bit of an imbalance in the squad, but there was an imbalance and there was very, very little purpose in the play where international football, as I said, it's so different to domestic football. It's so tense. It's so, it's, it's so different because you have a collection of players who've had very, very little time to prep. And essentially what you want them to do is, is hold the possession, keep it like a chess game, keep it very, very technical. And that's what Kenny's done. But I, I, I just don't see the purpose in, in that whole thing. Like it's good. Like, I mean, it's good intentions. It's, there's nothing, there's nothing negative. It's just no, when you do something, yeah. when, when you do anything at that level, Surely there has to be purpose to it because you know some of the, some of the people in that press conference, you know they they might be doing these tactical write ups and then you don't know who that's going to be picked up by and now yeah. sure it isn't I'm sure it's nothing top secret or nothing rocket science I mean the top coaches in the world can now think a coach by just watching video clips can't they Yeah yeah but I mean I I, I it's a bit of a gimmick I, don't see I the think purpose. it was but he, I, I liked he, it though. he doesn't need, he doesn't need to justify it though I don't think no he, and he I, just needs to justify it yeah and I and I think. See, I'm going to interpret it as him being confident that he wants to get a message out to the fans because the press can dilute that. And they're all talking about that. And I'm fascinated with it. So I'll read that and I'll go, oh, yeah, that makes sense now what he's doing like that. And that's the audience he's probably hit with that. But he will have some media who will see it as a weakness and go, no, you are justifying it. You're trying to justify it as a gimmick. You're just trying to be modern kind of thinking coach and showing us how clever you are and stuff. But. Yeah. Which, he, which, he, which he is, which, which he, he is, is but yeah, he, yeah. But, he doesn't but he need should... to justify it, but I think it's good. It, uh, what it did do, which I'm like, is it gave us insight into it. It's stuff I'm interested in, um, which I think, and I think it's kind of brave of him to do it. I'm going to see the positive of it, that he was, he's quite confident in, in going, look, this is what we're doing and this is what we're evolving over time. And that that's it. I mean, even look, they, they, we are doing that there is a PR thing movement as well with this now and that's just modern football yeah. you know they tweeted the other day the goal where you know it's I think it's the Callum Robinson one where you know we're, we're knocking it around the back and there's loads of passes and stuff and then we score like a very very unusual island goal to be honest but that was the evolution of the football under Kenny so they've, they've, they're retweeting that going how many passes was it or something like that and and yeah. that's just because that's the whole PR movement is to show, look, we're actually we're changing the whole way we play football now. It's going to take time and we fast track players and stuff is you hear it quite often. Um, and it is starting to annoy me a little bit now, but we know they've done the 15. Oh, no, it's, players. Yeah, it's, you don't need no. to keep mentioning that anymore. There's no, it's yeah. not evolution now. And I think that's what's good, though. I like, again, the line where he says we've, we've done a lot of experimenting now. Now, I think he's this is it now. This is his. These March games I'm excited by because this is it now. He's got to get good results in the next two games. Experiment a little bit, but let's get ready for June because they're the ones that are going to matter. And, and we've got to do really well in that Nations League and win it. And I think that that would be brilliant if we do. And then we're obviously going... Like I like the way the, 
the the campaign obviously is ending for the Euros in 2024. I like the kind of romanticism of mentioning Germany where it all began for us in 1988. Yeah, clever again on that. But that that's he's 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 set a target now, and he and he's got to come up with the goods now. And I think this he's he's ready with his squad of who's going to come in. And and like we said, we're talking about the squad here. I can see some players coming into it and being exciting and and being part of that. But and and I think sadly, I think we're gonna some of the injured ones as well out now. I think could be their days numbered for Ireland. I, yeah, I possibly. See some of them not getting back in. Possibly, yeah. So moving on to the strikers there, Martin. So the, the last set of internationals, so the strikers, Callum Robinson, Adam Ida, Troy Parrott, Will Keane, and then players that had to pull out. So James Collins um, and Shane Long. Uh, well, no, Shane Long was the previous international window, but it, it doesn't really matter, does it? So Robinson, Parrish, Keane, they're going to be in there, aren't they? Well, Ida's out. Yeah. The big calls for Michael Obafemi. Uh, there's a few calls for Aaron Connolly to come back in. He's getting a bit of game time, not, not necessarily... Um, playing unbelievably well or anything like that, but I mean the big one, as he, as he mentioned briefly, Michael Obafemi. Uh, yeah, we spoke about it on Monday, but he, he has to be in there. It, it's the same. It's kind of the same couple of players, isn't it? Like Jimmy Dunn, Daryl Ennehan, uh, Connor Ronan, and Michael Obafemi. I think they're the four. If, if any of them are missing, there's going to be questions raised. And and Kenny did remark on Obafemi, didn't he? he? He said that there's absolutely nothing personal. I love that, actually. I, I, I yeah. did love that kind of... Tra- th- that kind of transparency, I love. That's the stuff you want to hear, and those are the concrete facts. We don't need to hear the the tactical stuff, or we don't need to hear the we are one, whatever the fuck that means, all, yeah. all that kind of all that kind of stuff. We, we just want to hear these concrete facts, and you could see his reaction as soon as they said, oh, is there anything personal about the tweet he put out? And, and Kenny's just nodding, and he's like, no. Yeah. He's like, no. He's like, he's doing really, really well. He's developed well. There was quotes I, I brought up. We, I did an article there last week on the website and I just kind of quoted Kenny from two years ago saying, look, um, you know, the, he he said that he can only play in the front two and Kenny kind of acknowledged that he's developed really, really well. He said he's getting game time. He said he didn't get a run of games at Southampton. Like he just didn't get that run of games. And now that he's getting a run of games, he can show what he can do. He's He's transformed certain aspects of his game I mean, he's only got five goals this season, I think. But if you look at the timings of his runs, if you look at his athleticism, like he's he's good in the air now. You know, he's good at holding the ball up now. These are little features that he just didn't have at Southampton. And he's he's working. Like, Russell Martin has been great for him. Yeah. But he, he, he has to be in there. But I just think out of those four players that we mentioned, you know, Don Lennon, Ronan, and Obafemi, I think he's going to be the one that, that doesn't make the cut. And I think we are going to see someone like maybe a Scott Hogan, um, maybe a, a James Collins, uh, someone like that, maybe coming in instead of him, and question marks being raised. But I don't know. I don't know, man. I, I, I really hope. I think he. I think he will be in it. I think he deserves to be in it more than Connolly. Um, yeah. I think Connolly's need, really needs to like knuckle down now, get his career back on track, and still got loads of time. Like he, for me, he's in this situation where Obafemi was after he was capped a few years ago. Yeah. Um. He's now got to go away, concentrate on being a footballer, do what he did that got attention um, and got him in the squad in the first place. And that that's what Connolly's got us to do. Um, I think... But, but here's here's the thing, Martin. Like, we forget how young these lads are. Like, I mean, Yeah, yeah. Uh, let me just have a quick look there. Like, Troy Paris, 20. Um, Aaron Connolly, he's just gone 22. Um, Adam Ida, 21. So, like, 
you've some like if you look at Harry Kane, like wasn't he 23, yeah. 24 when he when he started banging in goals? And some players don't peak till they're about 27. Like, I mean, Callum yeah. Robinson, like very good domestically, but he's he's just gone 27 and he's only started scoring goals for Ireland. So a bit of a bit of patience is required with these lads. And I know we slag off Hanley a bit on the pod, but I mean he does have time, but he does need to knuckle down. And Obafemi, like I know, we we judge him a lot off their social media posts, which probably isn't fair. <laughs> but but you do you do hear things like you do hear things from people who, you know, know them locally or, or they you know, they might they might have coached them or whatever. Like we, we do have is, there there is someone who we know who knows Conley, don't don't we? And 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 he's raised a few question marks himself, having known him personally. But you know these these lads are so young, and it could be a thing where they're twenty seven, twenty eight, and they peak. Look at Matt Doherty as well. I mean, Matt Doherty didn't didn't get a move to Spurs till he was twenty seven or twenty eight. Yeah. So we we do have to be patient, but at the same time, they're at the forefront of our squad, and we we do need them performing, even if they are only only young lads. Yeah, I mean, th- th- I agree with you completely, and that's that's the thing. I mean, the, the thing that annoys us, I think, with Connolly is the social media stuff, and you know, he's he, you can clearly see he's not in the match day squad for Mid- Middlesbrough because he's, you know, sitting in the, f- you know, on his phone in, in front of a really flash motor. So, um, you know, th- that is that kind of thing. Go, that you know, that's the world we live in now. The social media obsession with that and knowing what everyone's doing, um, with those high-profile accounts or whatever, um. But yeah, I mean, we want him to do well. Let's let's be honest. We all want we want our best player. We want our players. To, we want to be talking about Aaron Connolly scoring goals. Um, and, that's he could, what like he, and he can, he, yeah, he can kick he, on he, and do it. Yeah, he can. He could end up having a great free, uh, finish of the season. Yeah, we just don't know because because no. we we go from one extreme to another sometimes as as football fans, don't we? Like, I mean, about a month ago we were saying, oh, Obafemi, what a what a waster, and then all of a sudden we're we're saying, well, he has to. You know he has to be in the squad, which he, he yeah. probably does, because you know he's he's in form at the moment. And then even like you know, Jamie McGrath. I mean, we were saying, oh, he he he's probably going to go to Watford and play in the Premier League, and he hasn't played in months. And we're kind of saying, is he even going to make the Ireland squad now? So we do go from one extreme to another because form does change so quickly. Yeah. And then even Will Keane. I mean, there was there was people giving out when Will Keane got got called up in November, but I mean, he's got I think seventeen goals this season for for Wigan. So. He, Without he's another guy who's going to be in. I mean, yeah. he, he's, he's the one actually. Well, he? Yeah, he's the one putting the pressure on like James Collins. I was just looking at the ages there, so you know he's got a couple of years on James Collins, um, which you know, uh, you know James Collins thirty one. That that's not old now. You know, like, I mean, people used to say, oh thirties and stuff. Yeah. Rubbish. They're, they're, you know, he's he's got possibly four or five years with Ireland if he. If he stays fit and he he keeps scoring goals, yeah. well, like sports um, science, sports science is adding on so many years to players. So yeah, you can't write off someone who's thirty. I mean, look yeah. look at James Collins. I mean, he's what is he thirty one, and you know he's he scored a couple of goals for us. And the perfect example, like you said, about coming later, like you know, for some reason, well, brilliant player for Ireland. Like oh, that's ridiculous what I'm saying there. Actually, he's not a brilliant player for Ireland. David McGoldrick, he he wasn't. He, he was brilliant. He was very good. Technically, very good. Like, yeah, I think though there's a little bit of rewritten <laughs> history there with him because you know he didn't go to the Euros uh, 2016. All right, he, you know, he he was he wasn't prolific goal scoring. We know that, but he did bring something to it, and I'll, I'll give him credit on that. But again, we 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 do get carried away. But it came very late for him as well. I think I know he was in squads and stuff, but he really got his run of games quite late on, didn't he, in his career? And then sadly injuries curtailed that. Um, so. 
yeah, I mean, look, we, we've still got Shane Long kind of being considered and, and on the periphery of squads. And if we had a a lot of pullouts of, of strikers, I'm sure Shane Long would be getting called up. So, yeah. um, that, that, you know, that, that's, that's my point on that. I mean, could, we could do Long, rewrite could history get, sometimes. Could Long get in? I don't. I, I, don't, I don't think he will. But, but no, I don't think he will. No, no, I don't think he will. I, I think the only way he's going to be picked for Ireland now is if we're really struggling for for yeah. strikers. Um, and he'll and and again, it's because it's he's a very safe choice. You're going to get um, what we know Shane Long will bring to it. He's not going to come in and be demanding to play, and he's not going to be disruptive around the squad. Um, you know, I, I love the fact as well, like, you know, he's not kind of announced his international retirement. He just seems to be quite settled that he's, or not that we hear any, anyway, that, you know, I would like, he's not saying. Like, his pace is still outrageous for his age. Like, he hasn't lost yeah, any pace. Yeah, I mean, he's a perfect example, isn't he, like, um, of, like, sports science. Like, you know, we, again, I think time will, time will reflect well on him. Like when he's finished Shane Long, we will actually be thinking, God, we didn't probably use him enough. And yeah. wow, what a career he had for Ireland. Yeah. I suppose to wrap up the, the squad prediction, let's say, I know we've discussed him in, at length, but Stephen Kenny has kind of said he's not really going to bring anyone new in. But if you were to predict five new faces, Martin, who would you say? I might go, actually, John, I'll go first. I, I think I think Lenehan and Dunn are going to be in there. Um, and I think Mark Sykes actually. Oxford United, I think he's going to be in there. I don't think Albafemi's going to make it. I hope he does. I hope he does, and I hope I'm wrong, because he's in form. I think he'd offer something very different. I think he'd be excellent. Um, and I'd also love to see... Um, I'd also love to see Elbizetti in there. I don't think he's going to be in there. I think he's still too raw from the season. Like, he's only come back from, from pre-season yeah. uh, in Sweden, hasn't he? But I think they're my five. But I, I think realistically... Realistically, I think we're looking at Lenehan, Dunn, and Sykes. What What about yourself, Martin? I think he'll bring in Lenehan and Dunn. Um, I think he will pick Obafemi, and I I'm gonna go that he will pick Festi. I think you he think? will. I, yeah, I think he will. You know, um, for one of them, he might bring him in for Lithuania. Um, I think he he should because that position, like Seamus Doherty. Again, I'd like to have a look at him in that because I think this that right hand side could be frightening with pace eventually. Yeah. Um, and he liked this this thing. And and again, even Obafemi, like I I I think that's quite exciting to see a lot of speed on the pitch up up top. Um, and you know, looking back, at, like we've got some clever players as well, like Jason Knight working well with that. Cullen's just going to be secure in there, isn't he? Um, yeah. So yeah, I think he. I, I wouldn't be surprised. Anyone you think is going to drop out? I don't think Ronan Curtis will be picked. <laughs> um, I think Scott Hogan as well. I can't see that happening anymore. Um, no. And, um, yeah, I think it'd be interesting. I think he'll pick quite a big squad, though. I think, like, well, he'll name the squad, but I think there'll be players who will be joining up with the squad who won't necessarily, like, for example, Daroche. I think he'll bring him in. Um, and, yeah, you just wouldn't even know. Like, I could see even Seamus Coleman perhaps not, um, just hit the management of how he manages himself. He could possibly be in the squad, but then join up with them, but then not be playing. I think that's yeah. as well. He could do uh, to break Seamus, to be fair. Yeah, that's it. That, that's what yeah. I think you have to do with them, some of them older players, and especially with where they are, his focus with Everton and stuff. Yeah, interesting. Interesting times ahead, anyway. Um, just for a couple of minutes, Martin, the new Ireland kit, what do you make of it? 
um yeah um i've had a look at it i mean i'd like to see in the flesh and what i did notice is it's the same anyone familiar with the with the orange kit it it does look like that kind of material this i can't really describe it very well but it's not not the same as the current green one anyway um it's it's and the problem with that, this kind of material, whatever it is, it it pulls like the orange one. And I, like I always mention Keen on these podcasts, but um, he, my son, like he, he's got a little pull on the orange one already. You know, they just, you know, you wear it once and it can just get caught on something. And it just seems to. Is pull. it more? Is it more kind of softy, barbed, yeah, co- co- yeah, cottony kind of finish yeah, to it? Is it? Yeah, there's not an awful lot of kind of strength in it. It seems quite very just, lightweight. Um, just as like the just as like the old rugby jersey, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean that's it exactly. And and what I was trying to look at that was is, is the pattern consistent on um which uh, this sounds quite sad really. <laughs> but you know, the the kind of pattern of this, is it the same kind of print, you know, so for example, that little these little kind of chevron y things that they've got going on, is that across the is it the same position like on the middle of the chest, for example, as for all of them? Like is it the same print or is it just all random? I don't know if I've explained that very well, but um, I, it's well, it's just no, no, they're all, they're all random because I think they're all shots of different sceneries or different, like um, different fields or something in Ireland or different shots, aerial shots. Is that of what Ireland. the idea of it is? Yeah, yeah, no, it is. Yeah, there's a there's an interview with John oh, Courtney on. Ball, oh yeah, I'm just looking at it now. Yeah, yeah, on, yeah on, they, he was on off the ball. Yeah, yeah, they basically. Oh, sorry, off the ball. Yeah, they basically yeah. got a drone and um, and went over loads of fields and loads of different scenes but even looking at the shirt i just can't really pick them out yeah yeah it just looks weird doesn't it i mean it's just it's a strange one i know they've got the women fit as well was going to be coming out um but you know me and you know i like my rants about the kits and stuff it's interesting went online to see if you could buy it um one interesting development for long-term listeners who know that i give a shit about this kind of thing is you can get printed you can get names printed on them now now i wouldn't do that but for kids i think that's very important it's probably because um, you probably because you raised them martin <laughs> yeah um but yeah so i was looking at that now i don't know and i'm probably too afraid to ask jonathan courtney on twitter because i i'm probably quite scared afraid. on some i'm you're, quite you're, critical of stuff you're afraid of each other i think yeah um you, you but just, i don't know you need to invite Jonathan Courtney for a pint, and the two of you need to just sit down, have it out, and I guarantee you, you'd be best friends after. Well, well, we are best friends. We are friends. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. But the, my thing friends, about it is, I think they not, get things wrong, and that friends. frustrates. Me. Yeah, that that frustrates me. The thing, the things that get things wrong, and I'm going to come out with this now. And what what has frustrated me now is, you can buy the shirt. You can get brilliant development now that you can buy the. Uh, you can get a printed name on it for kids, right? Brilliant now. No new goalkeeper shirt's been launched, so I'd imagine there's going to be a new keeper shirt, or is that different? There's been nothing on that, which again is weird. You can also go on Elvery's um, and buy the shorts, the kids' shorts. Right, so that's brilliant as well. Can you buy the socks? No, you can't buy the socks. So you can get the kids' mini kit, the baby kit, and it's got little green socks and little shorts and the new shirt, but you can't do that. So, you know, you, if you're, as I would, or I would do, um, you know, we've got two games coming up. There's a new kit out. My son lives in these football kits. I would look to be buying that now, ready for him to wear when we go over uh, from London in a couple of weeks. But I, you know, the first thing he's going to notice is, 
Where's the socks? You know, because he, he wants to wear the kit. He goes training in his island kits over here. So, you know, it's the whole thing. When the kid goes out now at his age to play at training, they, they wear the shorts. It's the whole kit. It has to all match, you know, all that kind of thing. That's the way they look at it. Um, and you can't buy that now at the moment. So I just think, I don't know how that happens. That, that, I'm just yeah. prejudiced on that. I know that this, sounds really pathetic and very minor in the grand scheme. No, of, like the, that, the, no I, I, I don't get. Yeah, no, I completely agree. The, the one thing I say, like the one positive thing I say, Martin, like when I was growing up as a kid, the amount of gear, now I know we spoke about the amount of gear that's coming out and that ridiculous looking training gear. And I mean, I, I'd have an issue, and maybe this is just me being a big hipster, but they're bringing out way too much gear and they're bringing it out too regularly. Uh, and I know every Premier League club does that, but but in terms of sustain- sustainability, they need to cut down and they need to stop bringing out fucking gear. It's it, There's too much. Bad, it's bad for the environment. Um. And it's 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 a bit pointless. Like they're bringing out too much stuff. But yeah. but that aside, when I when I was growing up as a kid, like I remember the 2002 World Cup, and you couldn't get the green jersey for ages. Yeah. It sold out very very quickly. I I now have about five of them, <laughs> <laughs> which is a bit pathetic. But um, you couldn't get it. Like I I I had the white jersey, and I couldn't get the green jersey for about a year after. But I would have. Jesus, now, not that my mum would have bought it for me, but I, I would have loved to... I used to love going into, like, when, when you could go into any shop and there'd be Ireland gear there, but I used to love going into Champion Sport and Lifestyle Sport, Elvery's, going in and just looking at the Ireland gear. And, and I remember years ago, like, I remember, was it... Um, I think it was Lifestyle Sports in the ILAC Centre, and yeah. they literally had about, you know, 50 different teams um, in the sports shops. Arnett's as well in Dublin. Like, you go in and you could get, like the Cameroon international jersey. You could get everything. Where now you can only get about five different jerseys, like United, Liverpool, Chelsea, City, um, Ireland in, in one or two shops. But the amount of stuff they're bringing out is, is cool. But in terms of in terms of being detached or in, in terms of being attached to fans and, and environmental needs, it's it's very it, wrong. But look, maybe that's a different argument. Maybe that's, it's, just, maybe that's me just being a bit pedantic and a bit of a hipster. No, I think it's, it's the launching of it as well that bothers me. Like, again, so I, I looked on the website today to see the new shirt and see how much it was. And then, oh, I thought, oh and they do the print of it. Brilliant. And I swear, I went through then the training range stuff because there was a big thing on the nostalgia and all the stuff I think I mentioned before about, like, it's all to do with if Umbro had done 1990 World Cup kits. Basically, England's whole range is available there with an island badge on it. And I think that's just profiteering in a way. Like, it was just, again, a gimmicky. Um, But I noticed two or three things in that range today that I'd never seen before. So, you know, it just seems sometimes... I think in my mindset of this, it's like they're in a warehouse... And material comes in and it's green yeah. and they think what can we bring out next week and throw the island badge on it it's just, that's just the all, process on it. it's just overkill it's just overkill yeah. and none uh, of it's that original like as you said like that that it's white... the rugby shirt at the moment now this one as well isn't it the green one it's the yeah. rugby shirt everyone would have seen that before and it is yeah, yeah. Talk and, about and, fields the, and stuff Nonsense. and the and the new training the new training kit is um you know those uh leprechaun suits you get in o'carroll's you know that's that's yes. all it is but yeah. i'm yeah so as i said like if i was a 10 year old kid i'd i'd be in heaven with all this stuff even though i wouldn't be bought half it but you know as an adult i'm like jesus this is it's a bit excessive because yeah 
you know, if we had, if we'd loads of world-class players to kind of um, promote it, and if you had Damien Duff or Roy Keane or Robbie Keane to kind of promote this stuff, I think it's a different story. But we're, we're trying, we, we should be a bit more modest at where we are and trying to build things up and trying to buy into, you know, progress into the next stage of where we should be. The other thing I about think, sustainable... I think we need to focus on that. When you talk about the sustainability about it as well, like we've, the FBI have just announced their strategy, and one of the things is the badge. So... I don't get that, and I think I made the point about it before. They're changing the badge. Now, I know we've got a centenary year, so they're going to keep to that because that's why. So I don't know what the madness of was to bring out the, the new shirt out now yeah. because it's going to have that badge on it. You know, I don't really think they need to do it. They could have just got away with the one we've got now we've hardly worn. Um, I think that the, actually the women's one's quite nice in that, actually. It's got lot, yeah. the, the old one. Uh, well, it's the old one now. But, you know, this, this whole thing of then the badge is going to be upgraded, and you know, I, I'm just not comfortable with it all all the time. It just seems constantly like a barrage of stuff. Um, great if you're a kid. Great if you're a kid, but um, but, but I you I, know, I, 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 I know you couldn't get the goalie out. shirt either. You couldn't get that yeah. goalie shirt. I'm convinced about that. And I, <laughs> I think a lot of this retro stuff is coming from the fact that there's more, and they they won't say it. They won't say it. But there's more people buying. Like myself, Martin. I, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm on eBay and I'm on classic football shirts all the time looking at yeah. retro shirts. And, and I buy them. Like, I buy them quicker than the new stuff. Yeah. And, and I'm not the only one. Like, if you go to an Ireland match, the vast majority of people, and I, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm off the mark, but I don't think I am. Like, if you go to a pub before the match and you observe, say, people my age or a little bit younger, people in their 20s, early 30s, whatever, even, you know, people 18, 19-year-olds, they're wearing like you know the USA '94 jersey. They're yeah. wearing like myself. I go around in my 2002 World Cup jerseys. They're going around in the um, you know all the Opal jerseys and stuff. And this is their response. Like I know, I know that the um, the blue jersey sold out. But there was there was if you think of Lansdowne Road, like the amount of jerseys they released was probably one section, not even a stand, but I'd say one section in a stand of Lansdowne Road. It was very few. Mm. And it's all and it's all because it was retro. Um, I didn't think it was anything revolutionary. Again, you know, again, it's it's a it's an adaptation of an old jersey. And didn't Japan do the exact same thing earlier yeah. in the year? So it's nothing nothing overly original or nothing overly unique. But it but it, it it was lovely. It was really nice. And all this new retro gear, it's it's basically what other countries and other clubs have done years ago. Yeah. And so they're actually late to the game, but. You know, people don't seem to be touching it. Like they, they might say the stuff sells out, but I don't think it does. Yeah, I mean, I, I heard Jonathan Courtney on off the ball with the, about the the blue shirt and the design process on that, and and again made the point of, you know, they bring them out in limited numbers, um, and that they're they're like an investment in a way. That that was kind of, but well, they're going for about four fifty now. Like yeah, going, yeah, I mean. Then yeah, I just don't kind of get that though. I know, I mean, I I collect them as well, shirts and stuff. So, um, but I don't I don't really get the whole thing of oh I'm going to buy it and put it away and hopefully then it might go up in value and I'll sell it in a few yeah. years time and things. Because the other thing they've got to counter on this is is obviously the the fake shirts, the the copies of them. I mean, why these shirts do well as well? I think that to be honest, if if that shirt had been launched today with a new sponsor. They wouldn't be able to sell it. They're, they're able to sell these shirts at the moment because everyone was clamoring for years. And this is the ironic situation we're in with the FAI and the financial situation with it is 
we haven't got a sponsor. Now, if we had a sponsor and everything was still going along well from like 2018 onwards and all the fallout hadn't happened, we'd still have a sponsor. The sponsor would be all over our shirts and that's it. The only reason we don't have a sponsor on our shirts is because we don't have a sponsor. That's do, it. Do, do you think that's why so much gear is coming out? Because maybe they're yeah. because maybe they're missing out financially and they, they, they actually need to bring out possibly you know, but then, about 20 training kits and, and loads of retro gear. And I don't have a problem with that. I think I said it before. If you, if you, if they get sponsors in, they should plaster that all over the training stuff. That that's what England yeah. do. That's that's known. You do that, but you don't have to do it on the shirt. The shirt should be kind of sacred, I think. But you know, like you're saying, the sustainability thing. I know this, for example, like there's goalkeeper shirts that we've had, and I think we've never even worn in a game. You know, and this guy, this has been going on for years. When we played Wales. Um, the 2-2 game years ago uh, in Cardiff in the Millennium Stadium Robbie I think scored um, we wore the black kit that's the yeah, only time we ever wore gray, that. Uh, there's yeah. another kit we wore I don't think we ever ever wore it so you know the, you don't get an awful lot of use out of them now I know that's different for fans probably training them or whatever they're doing but uh, yeah I mean that's the, the fake shirts as well which are coming in from China or wherever you can get online that, that's a challenge as well for them Um well, like if you if you if you go onto any of those websites and people people do it, like you'll get you'll get a fake, but it's it's pretty much the same material and the same make. Yes. Yeah. Now, now yeah. it might it, it might dissolve into nothing if you wash it about ten times, but I mean they're only about thirty five quid, aren't they? So yeah. people yeah. and people are going to get it because it looks better. Now, yeah. I must say, and and credit where credit's due to to Jonathan Courtney and and Jacko Spore, but like the last home jersey was lovely, I thought. Mm. and the last away jersey but this this one is just again it's another detachment to, it's, and to be honest i think the only reason they're with jacko and, and they're with umbro is because it's you know it's it's people who've been involved for years and they don't want to cut ties like they went to new balance for a couple of years and, and that didn't last now i was happy they went back to umbro but i think the only reason they're not with adidas or they're, they're not with nike or you know a manufacturing company that will probably do a better job of First of all, a design, but also distribution is is because you know they're they're not they've no relationship with the FAI. Yeah, maybe maybe I'm crossing. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think I'm, it's where I think it's where it's saying, or we're maybe considering. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the New Balance stuff. Some of it was okay, but the quality of it wasn't great. Like, again, I'm speaking no. as a father of of a kid who's had loads of the training stuff, and it was all like peeling and falling apart, and even the. Or I think we we did have the sponsor on it. Then it used to peel off, and on the sleeves it was like it was like a rubbery kind of stuff. And he's like uh, glued on basically. It survived nothing. It didn't survive two or three washes. So um, that that happens. Um, but you know, so I was happy with him going with Umbro. But yeah, again, like look, I'm gonna give him. I'm gonna be positive. The only good thing I'll say about it is that it, it you can get printing on it for kids, and I think that's something I've been passionately going on about for ages. And I hope now they release a goalkeeper shirt, they're going to release one, and that you can get Bazunu number one. More importantly, again for kids' purposes, hopefully the lettering that you get on it is the proper one. You know, it's the FAI lettering on it. Yeah, um, because one of the frustrating the one of the frustrating things again in uh, Carol's in uh, O'Connell Street where they had an FAI shop downstairs in there and you can get printed on it. And I got it done, but it, it, it's not, it wasn't like the FAI lettering, which they should be able to do. They should be able to do that in this day and age. You know, I remember they were doing premier league lettering um, yeah. years ago. I think it was during Euro 2012 mm. and it was premier league lettering on the, 
<laughs> on the, oh, yeah, yeah see, that would piss me off. And yeah. kids would notice that as well. That's the thing. And like, again, you got, I know this sounds quite pathetic, really, even talk about this, but you know, even kind of bullying things like, you know, kids will pick up on anything, go, your shirt's crap. You haven't even got the right number in on it and stuff. You know, they pick up that kind of thing. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I hope that's something that they are going to have correct. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed, Martin. So, just to kind of wrap it all up, um, the first ever Ireland under-20 squad was named today by Jim Crawford. Uh, so, very, very exciting squad and some some very, very promising names. So, just to read out the names themselves. So, uh, David Harrington, Cork City. David Odomwosu of St. Patrick's Athletic. Zach Delaney of West Brom. James Furlong, Brighton and Hove Albion. Nigel Jones, Brentford. Harvey Neville, Inter-Miami. Mazid Ogumbu of Arsenal, Connor Reardon, Crew, Alexandra, Timmy Subawale, Wigan, Tom Hill, Liverpool, Kieran Gilligan, Burton Albion, Killian Phillips, Crystal Palace, Joe Hodge, Wolves, Keane Levy, Reading, Blink Clark, Norwich City, Dara Burns, St. Patrick's Athletic, Tom Cannon, Everton, Armstrong, Oakoflex, West, uh, West Ham United, and Deji Satano of Brentford. So, some great names there. I mean, the, these are naturally going to be the the kind of overflow of the under-21 squad, isn't it? Because, I mean, Armstrong Okoflex has played at under-21 level. Mm. And um, David Odomosu was in the last the last Ireland squad for, for under-21s. But some interesting names there. I mean, just just one in particular, Tom Hill of Liverpool. I um, don't know if you remember this, Martin, but, but when Liverpool went to the World Club Cup, they played kind of a, a team of children against Aston Villa. They got absolutely thumped. Now, Cuevin Gallagher actually played in goal, didn't he? But, yeah. Tom Hill, Tom Hill played that game as well, and he's after declaring for us. So, I mean, it just shows that the granny rule scouting is is going on at youth level still, which is great to see. I mean, something that I'm fond of, but he's a great player to have on board, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's I, I'll be going to be very honest. I don't know many of these at all now. I'll be kind of looking them up now and seeing. Um, I mean, the only one that really stood out, to be honest, uh, Harvey Neville, but that probably that's the Man United in yeah. me that he's going to Miami. Joe Hodge, Joe is Hodge I heard as well, of him. yeah. yeah. But I think, again, it, it's a very clever thing to do, I think, pulling this together and they're playing the amateur side, aren't they? Um, so it will be a good test for them. And I, I think it's good. I mean, like again, listeners might not always be aware, we play an awful lot of football. Like I think there's even, I was looking at it the other day on the FBI website and it was a, a fixtures. And I think we're playing, that, our under-15s, I think, are playing in, in Wales um, soon. So, like, you know, they, they uh, on the age level... It might be obviously in the season where the Premier League's on, League of Ireland's on and stuff. But actually, underage yeah. levels, we have a lot of, you know, a lot of our players play at that level with international teammates. It's it's quite interesting actually. I was I was, I was reading you know, every now and again you see someone put up on Twitter like an old under twenty one program or anything, and it's quite interesting. You, you and you and you don't really think about this when you watch Ireland now as a senior team, but. The likes of Doherty and Duffy or something, you know, they they've played under 16s, under 18s, yeah. under 17s. It's, it's it's quite interesting, you know. They so when you well, hear even, them, oh, who's your best friend of football, and they go, well, actually, they they've been rooming together for years. Yeah, even when we Connor Smith on a few weeks ago, like he he mentioned some of the lads he played with, like he would have played yeah. with Duffy, Duffy and Egan and Doherty, Jack Grealish as well. Actually, you would have played with so. It's it's interesting, you know. It is is it it is interesting when you look through, say, the stats of, of games years ago at underage levels, and some of the lads who who might like we spoke about players who peak very very late in their careers, and you look at some lads who who might have only come into the squad. Say like James James Collins is a really good example. Like he he played the whole way up, and um, he played the whole way up for Ireland. 
John Walters yeah. as well as another. Like he he played the whole way up and, and yeah. didn't get capped till he was about twenty seven or twenty eight. Um, Oakleflex and to, uh, to, uh, Satano, like they're two interesting ones, aren't they, Martin? Because I mean, there's there's a lot of question marks around Oakleflex after his last involvement with Jim Gavin or Jim Crawford. Sorry, Jim Gavin's the <laughs> ex Dublin manager, but Dara Burns is another. I mean, he was excellent in the cup final um, for St. Pat's against Bowes, sadly. But uh, he, he's had a great start to the season. I mean, he scored an absolute screamer against Shells a couple of weeks ago. He's after switching over from Northern Ireland. So, some very exciting players. Connor O'Reardon as well of, of Crew. He's actually, he's he's playing for Crew. Like, he starts for Crew. I think he's only 18. So, uh, we're in good shape. And, and the thing is, like, if the likes of Oco Flex, who's making the West Ham bench every week, is in mm. the under-20 squad, there must be some bloody good players in the 21 squad that's, that's going to be announced next week. Yeah, I mean, I'm just looking up Okaflex now on Twitter here at the moment, and he plays for the under-23s at West Ham tonight, and he's assisted one already. So yeah. he's one that I know you've spoken to about quite a bit. And, yeah, I, it's going to be, again, it's just something to be interesting, isn't it? It's under-21. It'll be an interesting game now to see how they get on um, and what they're going to do with it, really. So, um, yeah, exciting times ahead. And, it, again, it, it's testament to kind of what's happening in Irish football with, with Jim Crawford and, and Stephen Kenny because we are it's not like I know he said today like oh, we're not going to be experimenting too much but we are evolving as a footballing nation I believe and and look that's what we've got to be looking at now what's coming through and I, giving them positive I, experiences I don't remember us having so much depth certainly at youth level like if you if you look back to even say Noel King when he was manager of the, the 21s and like now, I would have had issues with, with Noel King anyway with some of his selection policies. Like, he seemed to, him and Don Givens as well, they seem to fall out with a lot of players very easily. Like, Stephen Ireland's one example with, with Givens, yeah. and then, um, or no, that was more Brian Kerr, wasn't it? But but there seemed to be a lot of fallouts. Jack Byrne, I suppose, is an, is an example with King. But if you look at the depth, if you look at that under 19s training squad that was assembled, and you had, like, you know, nearly anyone you can think of that had an Irish connection and then you had so many League of Ireland lads and then if you look at the under 21 squad it's it's all like Premier League under 23 players or it's championship players who are who are playing first team football like I mean we could be in a position with the 21s that you have a back four of Ebisele who's playing every week you could have Aaron Cashin who's playing every week you could have, you could have Joel Bagan who's playing every week um Nathan Collins, like he could go back down to under twenty one level. He's playing in the Premier League, so you know we're we're blessed in terms of depth, and we don't have Robbie Keynes or Roy Keynes or or Damien Duffs or anything. But but the the depth and the the amount of players we have coming through is huge, and it could be a thing that we have a very very healthy pool in about three or four years, and where there's Premier League players maybe not getting in the team or, or very good Championship yeah. players not getting in the team because because the depth is that good. But it is it is all down to how they um to how hard they work. And what did you make of Charlie McCann and, and uh, Taylor Gardner-Hickman, Martin? I mean, two players that we've lost. Now, apparently, we, we didn't technically lose Gardner-Hickman because he was, he was never actually one of our players. But there's been a lot of kind of mixed feelings about McCann. I mean, there's a lot of people saying, well, he plays for Rangers, so he's no loss. But, I mean, you're a Man United fan. You surely saw him with the reserves. And he's, he's a good midfielder. He's a good yeah. midfielder. And I think he's a loss. Yeah, I think he is. And again, I wouldn't read too much into that Rangers stuff and then all social media posts and he took down this or whatever it was. I don't know. You know, I think it's a little bit of a very narrow mindset if you're going to be that obsessive about that. Um, but yeah, no, he was highly rated, wasn't he? And um, yes, it's kind of disappointing, I think, again. Um, but that 
we are going to have that coming going forward. You know, like we are going to be on the, we're going to benefit from sometimes nicking players from who are dual eligibility. Is that the word? Um, yeah. um, uh, we're going to benefit sometimes. We're going to lose out on it. That, that's just a fact of it. Um, and yeah, I, I, yeah, it's a bit weird. On the other one though, the Hickman one, that, that was strange though. Because did he play underage? He played 16s, but I think it was in a friendly. Right. Okay. Yeah, so it seems, seems anyone can play in a fr- you or me, Martin, could play for uh, I I know, Jama- Jamaica or something if you wanted <laughs> underage. I mean, it's, it's like I, I just thought I'd, this is quite interesting because we, we will have obviously listeners around um, all over like the UK and, and Ireland, obviously. Um, but I was looking at the fixtures, so and it's on the FA website, but we're playing on the 15th of March. We're playing our under 15s are playing Wales and then on St. Patrick's Day as well, we're playing Wales again. So there's two games for them they're having. The under-17s are playing on the 23rd of March away to Portugal. Um, and we're playing England on the under-19s. And that's in Walsall in the UK, in in, in England, um, up near the Midlands, basically. Uh, that's on the 23rd of March. And then under-17s again are playing against Finland. Portugal again, under-19s. And then we've got our senior men's friendlies. But I think that's, again, a promising thing from the, the website, actually, that you can go on the FAI.ie uh, and look up fixtures. The women's games are on there as well. Um, but, yeah, we play an awful lot underage. And it's interesting following them if you are interested in it. Because I know, like, Kenny's kids, ourselves, we do a good job talking about some of the underage players coming through and stuff. So it's it's worth keeping an eye on them because they are going to hopefully be players that we're going to be supporting um, in their careers as they they develop. But they're entertaining games as well, aren't they? Like they the, are, yeah. The the under twenty ones under Stephen Kenny was an absolute joy to watch. And now Gavin, or I keep saying Gavin, Jim Crawford, yeah. they mix up with Jim Gavin and Jim Crawford. But I mean, there 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 is a lull. Like there there is a lull in watching that team. I know they had a very great, they had a very good um, end to the Sweden game, didn't they? Like last kick of the game, yeah. they they won it. Yeah. But I mean, there there oh, there's there's something there. There's something there that's that's definitely not as appealing, but I mean, I think we're going to see a very exciting squad, and then the interest is going to be peaked again. So it's 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 interesting times ahead and very exciting times ahead. So we look forward to that squad announcement. Um, let us know what you think. Uh, I know a lot of a lot of fans did get their comments into us. Apologies if we sound very tired, by the way. I've I've COVID, mm-hmm. and Martin, you're just you're just goose, aren't you? You you just have a cold, so um. Yeah, yeah. No, and it's and it's late at night as well. And Bowls are losing. Busy Bowls week. Have lost. Bowls have lost. So. Cheltenham Festival on next week, so I'll be kind of keeping an eye on that. You've a bit of prep to do, Martin. You've a bit of prep to do. So we are going to be back on Monday with, with our boys in green. Of course, we'll be filling everyone in about how all the guys and all the girls got on over the weekend. Um, but let us know your squad predictions. Is there anyone you think we left out? Is there anyone you think we didn't mention? Is there anyone you think we're being too harsh about? Like Alan Brown or Ronan <laughs> Curtis? <laughs> And um, let us know what you think about the Gaffer series as well. So Joe Kinnear, episode two of the Gaffer series is now available. Of course, episode one was David O'Leary. And Roy Keane will be next week's episode. So do keep an eye on that. Do go onto the website, www.thegreenmachinepodcast.com uh, for our full catalog of episodes. And also, anywhere you get your podcast, we're probably going to be there. Spotify, Google, and Apple, and so on. We're on pretty much everything. So make sure you subscribe. It does go a long way in helping us. Do like and follow all our social media platforms on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So the Green Machine Podcast and LansdowneRoad.ie. So we're going to leave it there. Again, let us know what you think. We'll be back on Monday. And until then, enjoy the weekend and take care. <laughs>